Hello and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop. Jason here, and today I am ranking all these bad boys that I am showing you on the screen right now. This is the entire tiny epic franchise that I am ranking. Uh, if you watch the One Stop Co-op Shop, you'll know that I'm a big fan of many of these games. I have playthroughs of almost all these games on the One Stop Co-op Shop, so I would really appreciate if you could hop by the channel, subscribe to the channel, like all the videos. I would really appreciate it. Uh, but to round out that entire project, I'm going to put together this video where I am ranking them. 1 through 12, uh, as I'm sitting here in 2022, going to start with Tiny Epic Dungeons. Sorry about that. I meant Kingdoms, uh, which is the first one. And going all the way through Tiny Epic Vikings, which hasn't even been released yet. I did play a preview of it. So I might have to do this video again in a couple years because Tiny Epic is not stopping. But for now, 1 through 12, going to talk about Tiny Epic's rank. My number 12, unfortunately, with a bullet, Tiny Epic Mechs. In this one, you are playing a pilot of a robot in a battle arena vying for supremacy. It is a programming game, which you're going to have a hand of cards uh, with arrows and commands on them. You're going to be playing them uh, face down and revealing them one by one, come what may. Along the way, you're going to gear up with items, eventually don your advanced mech suit, and claim territory. Most points wins. And at the end of the day, that is my main issue with Tiny Epic Mechs, the trappings, the theme, the incredible toy factor of this one with the suits and the weapons leads me to want this to be a more kinetic action filled game than it actually is. I found this one to be a lot more oriented around Euro style resource management, swinging a sword, shooting a gun, uh, felt like managing limited resources rather than getting in and mixing it up. It definitely works as a programming game, so if that's your taste, then this might be a good one for you, but it fell short of expectation for me. In addition, I had difficulty with the solo mode. As you see, there's a huge amount of rulebook space dedicated to it. I didn't find running the bot smooth at all. I sincerely hope that no other Tiny Epic in the future comes in under Tiny Epic Mechs. A miss for me. My number 11 is Tiny Epic Kingdoms. In this one, you are a ruler trying to gain the most glory for your land. You'll be doing things in this game like recruiting troops, building your towers, leveling your personal power, and ultimately conquering and trying to hold your territory, as well as that of others. It has a role selection system. Fans of Race for the Galaxy or Puerto Rico will be familiar with this. You'll pick from among a menu of actions and your opponents will have a chance to follow you and do those same actions themselves. So sequencing those actions that you benefit the most is paramount in building your kingdom most efficiently. I feel Tiny Epic Kingdoms does a solid job in teaching basic gamer mechanisms such as role selection and resource management and area control, and it's just a very solid, well-made game overall. I feel that it does not rise above a basic level. As a matter of fact, I think there's another game in the Tiny Epic series that does what Tiny Epic Kingdoms does just a bit better. 
In addition, the solo mode that comes in a Hero's Call expansion is okay. A little bit confusing, but at least it works to help you play the game before you can introduce it to others. So that's my number 11, Tiny Epic Kingdoms. From here on in, these are all games that I've rated 7 or above, which means I'm happy to get to the table at any time. My number 10 is Tiny Epic Western. In this one, you're playing a cowboy in the Old West in which you are gathering resources and building up your town. It is a worker placement style game in which you're going to be placing your little cowboy meeples on spaces to get stuff. The two wrinkles here, number one, you have your opponents that could also occupy the same space. When they do, they initiate a dice duel for supremacy of that space. The second thing is that there is a mini game of poker that you can play in order to get additional resources at the spaces where you occupy. Now the poker aspect sounds cool, but I didn't feel like it was integrated all that well. It didn't really feel like poker. It was a 20 card deck as opposed to a 52, which that just leaves me a little bit unsatisfied in terms of that part of the game. However, I felt that the rest of the game was pretty cool. There's some thinky aspects where you need to see which buildings are right for you, managing their powers and making sure they score the most points possible. And also the dice dueling was really fun, rolling the dice, having the resource that you can uh, get re-rolls. Uh, do you wanna play offense or defense? Those are really, really fun choices. In addition, I like the solo mode. It's simple. It does exactly what you want a solo mode to do. Get in your way without having to run a whole bunch of things. And if you play on the advanced levels, there's some good challenge there. So all in all, I'm very happy with the total package of Tiny Epic Western, my number 10. My number nine is Tiny Epic Vikings. In this game, you are a clan of Vikings seeking to expand your territory, gather runic treasures, and gain glory. I find this one shares some DNA with Tiny Epic Kingdoms, in which you are trying to conquer some territory tug of war style uh, with your opponents and also manage those resources uh, in order to do so. However, I feel like there's so much more mechanical depth and crunch that is added with Vikings. You have your card drafting, which is how you get your clan of Vikings. Uh, you can use them for combat and for special powers. You can sacrifice them for additional benefits. You have dynamic scoring. You have the set collection. You get more powerful with the runic treasures. There is so much more going on with Vikings. You can definitely tell this is the 12th game in the line because of how much is packed into this package. Personally, I found myself getting a little bit lost with how much there is to think about, but that might be extremely enticing to the more mechanically inclined gamers out there. As of this recording, I have not played the solo mode. I only had access to the prototype, so I'm going to reserve judgment on the solo mode. However, for the overall gaming experience, I definitely think Tiny Epic Vikings has a lot to offer, especially in terms of its mechanical experience. My number eight is Tiny Epic Tactics. This one evokes lots of old squad-based video games like Final Fantasy Tactics. Any game in which you're playing a commander of unique heroes trying to accomplish goals on a field with 
grid map and different types of terrain. There's a competitive mode where you're competing against another squadron, trying to capture territories, capture the flag style, or you can play the solo and cooperative modes where you're adventuring and trying to find treasure against an automated opponent. Best thing that Tiny Epic Tactics does is gives you that feeling of, I love it when a plan comes together, where you can coordinate the powers of all your heroes, the melee fighter and the weak but powerful mage who needs to be in the back and the archer and the barbarian, where you can get all that working together to accomplish some kind of objective. It feels extremely satisfying, having built it up over multiple turns, reacted to your opponents, etc. My one hesitation with this game is that I find there's a lot of little rules crunch. When I went back into the Tiny Epic series, I had the hardest time relearning this one. So the game wants to encourage you to use all your heroes. So there's a weakness mechanism, there's limitations on movement. So remembering all that could be a little bit of a chore. And also, and this is a common complaint about a lot of Tiny Epic games, there's a lot of different characters, a lot of rules exceptions. Sometimes uh, the proper resolution isn't quite apparent. But if you're able to overcome those barriers, there's a lot of fun here. My particular favorite way to play, no surprises here, the solo and cooperative modes, very well executed. Going into the terrain pieces, turning them around, uh, navigating all the terrain, making sure you have the proper character to get in there. All of that is really, really fun. So when I'm in the mood to upload those rules again, I'm more than happy to get Tiny Epic Tactics to the table. My number seven is Tiny Epic Zombies. This one is a survival game in which you are playing regular people who are caught in a shopping mall during the zombie apocalypse. You are very fragile. It is easy for the zombies to take you out in this game. So you have to keep running and running. In fact, the game tells you you cannot stay in one space during a particular action. So you have to keep on running around the mall. You have to find weapons and other survival materials. You're trying to take out as many zombies as you can. Along the way, you're trying to accomplish modular goals that you'll select at the beginning of every game. You can find survivors, find the right exit out, quarantine some zombies, or escort the military into the center of the mall. So each play could have a very different experience for you. Tiny Big Zombies has a number of play modes, including competitive, cooperative, solo, and one versus many, where one player controls the zombie horde. I think a lot of people know I'm not much of a competitive gamer, especially when it comes to uh, games where I have the option, so don't ask me about the competitive mode. However, I have played the one versus many mode a couple of times, and I don't know if it was all that satisfying to be the zombies. Uh, they're pretty dumb. <laughs> they accomplished their aims by brute force swarming the board. I didn't feel like I had satisfying options for cornering the players and bending them to my will as the one player in the one versus many mode. However, the solo and cooperative modes are really fun. I love how fragile you are and how the game makes you choose your actions very carefully and also where you end your turn. In addition, I found that the modular goals changed up play, not a significant amount, but just enough to keep things fresh. A couple of things to note, particular to the tiny epic experience, there are many, many characters and it has that issue where some corner cases will come up and you might have a little bit of lack of clarity there. In addition, maybe more than other Tiny Epic games, this one feels a little bit cramped. There's a lot of rooms. They pack a lot of graphic design and information and art into those cards. So sometimes you have a little bit of a hard time reading what's going on. 
Now I understand that some folks might have this game rated a little bit lower, but for me, the highs outweigh the lows. The running, the survival, the fragility of the characters, and also when you get those weapons, the killing, the mowing down of zombies that can happen. Uh, you also have dice that I didn't mention. You can get exploding dice and just keep on killing. This game is just pure fun when it's rolling. So Tiny Epic Zombies is my number seven. Number six is Tiny Epic Dungeons. I can tell how popular this game is from the video that Colin put up on the One Stop Co-op Shop. Good gracious, how many views is that getting? This one's as straightforward as you can possibly get. You're a team of adventurers and you're delving into the dungeons and getting loots and defeating the big bad. Only you're doing it Tiny Epic style. So I have two difficult issues with this game and three positive things to say. First of all, the symbology. Every tiny epic game has to contend with the issue of how much to cram into that little box, and it does so in different ways. Tiny Epic Dungeons decides to just load you up with symbols, so much so that you have to go on the website to get a multi-page PDF document to explain all the symbols on the character sheets and the items. It is quite overwhelming. The learning curve for this game is quite high. My second issue is uh, sometimes it can get a little bit grindy as you go through the dungeon. The goblins just kind of come out like Pez dispensers. I understand why they're there, but I think that could have been implemented another way as well. So let's get to the positives. The map layout, the sense of exploration of the dungeon, uh, the way that as you lay the dungeon out, it creates a movement puzzle so that you have to get to know the dungeon and know where all the corners are and move through enemies and traps and such. That is really cool. The second is along with the dungeon growing, you're personally growing in power. You definitely feel much different, much more powerful at the end of a game than you did at the beginning, which is what you want in a dungeon crawler. Finally, the climax, the villains are very, very cool. I will leave people to discover those for themselves. But I can say that you're in for a treat when you finish that dungeon and head towards the boss. So I think the peoples have great taste. Tiny Epic Dungeon is a very, very good game that I'm happy to recommend as my number six. My number five is Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. This one's straight up in homage to Jurassic Park and other similar movies where you're researchers and scientists and you have the brilliant idea of breeding dinosaurs for sale around the world. There are two mechanical aspects to look for here. Uh, the first is a worker placement where you're going to different spots, you're getting dinosaurs, you're getting supplies to feed and care for them. And then in the separate phase, you have to Get your dinosaurs in your enclosures. You have to organize it. You have to keep like dinosaurs together so that they can breed. You have more dinosaurs for available for sale. Uh, you want to keep unlike dinosaurs apart. You want to make sure none of them run away so that they cause chaos uh, in your area. So there's a lot that goes on in that second puzzly phase. And I have to admit that I wasn't as taken by this game at the beginning because I was focused on the worker placement. And to me, worker placement can be very uh, hit or miss. You go and get a thing and move on. However, that second part, uh, organizing the dinosaurs into the enclosures, I found that as I played the game more and more, I became more and more enamored with that part in particular and also showing this game to other folks. 
a lot of people paused right there, puzzled over their enclosure so that they can make sure that they can fulfill their contracts and not have the dinosaurs rebel. Getting that right was quite a satisfying experience. The Tiny Epic Dinosaur Solo Bot is quite infamous for rules as written being extremely difficult and frustrating. It gets so many extra actions. It does things way before you're ready for them. And sometimes it'll even double up your score without you being able to do anything. So what I did uh, in my playthrough was research a couple of tweaks, which I think worked really well, two in particular. So I encourage you to look at my playthrough if you were interested in the solo mode for Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. With those tweaks, I actually had a lot of fun. It's a great little game overall for what it does. Tiny Epic Dinosaurs is my number five. Number four is Tiny Epic Quest. In this one, you play as a team of adventurers in a land that has been sundered by some kind of magical catastrophe. You go around, complete quests, gather items, and grow in magical power in your quest to heal the land. Now, you might recognize the story and the aesthetic trappings as an homage to The Legend of Zelda, but really, Tiny Epic Quest, more than any other Tiny Epic, I find is very much of an abstract puzzler with two phases, day and night. During the day phase, you're gonna take your adventurers to different places all around this huge grid-based land. It's a spatial puzzle where you have to maximize the efficiency of where you put your meeples. At the night phase, there's a resolution phase, which is a push your luck dice roller. Depending on where you've put your meeples, you can put them on temple tracks to get items. You can put them on obelisks to get magic and different other areas. You're going to grow in power that way over five rounds. And whoever has the most points at the end of those five rounds will be the winner. I have ranked Tiny Epic Quest so high to my number four because of its solo play. I actually do not enjoy playing this one multiplayer. The reason being is that it inspires a large amount of analysis paralysis, especially that first day phase. People are looking at the whole board, trying to figure out the best way to distribute their meeples. They spend 15 minutes and all of a sudden one of their opponents grabs the quest that they wanted. So now they have to reload their brain and think for another 15 minutes. No, thank you. However, what is a limitation in multiplayer is a strength for solo. I love sitting there taking as much time as I want to figure out the exact placement where I can get maximum benefit from my adventurers. It may sound strange for such a puzzling game to culminate in a series of dice rolls. However, it gives you a lot of resources to overcome them. You can use those resources, the magic, the health that you've gathered as ways to mitigate the rolls, as well as those very adorable item meeples, which are basically 12 ways to mitigate the dice rolling and enable that positional play. I love this game. Solo continues to be not only one of my favorite Tiny Epic games, but one of my favorite solo games, period. Tiny Epic Quest is my number four. My number three is Tiny Epic Defenders. Now in a game like Tiny Epic Dungeons, you're playing offense. As adventurers, you're going into the monster's lair, killing as many as you can and taking their stuff. In Defenders, the script has been flipped. Now you're trying to safeguard your capital city against their deadly assaults. In this one, health is the name of the game. If you're healthy, get out to those outer lands and defend against the enemy deck as well as you can. 
if you're not healthy, then retreat into the capital city and lick those wounds and pray that the enemy deck doesn't do too much damage while you're gone. Along the way, you're going to defeat dire enemies. Dire enemies drop artifacts that you can use to power up your character, all culminating in a showdown against the big bad. I love the cooperative nature of this one. I love the push and pull between staying as healthy as possible to stay out as long as possible so that you're not caught in that capital city too long. One of the biggest frustrations that folks have with the base game is the variable turn order. Those cards might come out of the enemy deck at a time where there's not much to do, and then you're just watching the enemy pummel your outer regions. So the turn order deck creates excitement, but a little bit of frustration as well. I find that is mitigated wholly with the Dark War expansion. I personally will not play Tiny Epic Defenders without the Dark War expansion unless I have brand new players. With the Dark War, you have plenty to do on your turn. You have extra skills, extra items, extra ways to deal with that swinginess, which I think is perfect. Tiny Epic Defenders is my number three. I'll be playing this for a very long time. My number two is Tiny Epic Galaxies. Now, if you know my other content, you know I'm not the biggest fan of colonization games. However, in this one, you are a spacefaring federation piloting rocket ships to the outer reaches of space and colonizing empty planets for the sake of improving and expanding your empire. Sign me up. The genius of this one is the dice action system. At the beginning of your turn, you're going to roll those dice and program them to take actions. You can fly to different planets. You can advance your plane on the colonization tracks. You can gather necessary resources like energy and culture and also take special actions to upgrade your empire and exert your power. This one has the most votes of BGG. It is the one that is recommended first by a lot of Facebook groups whenever somebody asks a question about Tiny Epic for a reason. I feel that more than any other other tiny epics, this one evokes a real board game. It doesn't feel like a cramped version of a board game. It feels like a fully fledged board game. If they released this as is in a larger version, I think it would do really well. And if I'm teaching new players, then I'm grabbing this one first. I find this is the easiest to teach. The dice action system is very evocative. People understand what's going on. And there's a lot of strategic depth here, so you can win different ways. There's so much to like about Tiny Epic Galaxies. The solo mode in this one is quite solid. There's different levels of difficulty, so if you just want to learn the game, or if you want a real challenge to outrace the bot as they take away your resources in every single turn, then that is available to you. Tiny Epic Galaxies, probably more than any other of the Tiny Epics, is the complete package as a board game with a lot to offer to different audiences, and for that reason, it's my number two. <laughs> My number one most fun game that I turn back to again and again in a Tiny Epic universe is Tiny Epic Pirates. In this one, you are seafaring adventurers traveling around a card-based map that's actually just as big as a regular board. You're gathering goods and trying to sell them in different places for as much as you can. You're getting into sea combat with your enemies. You're dodging away from the Navy ship. Ultimately, you're trying to gather more treasure than your opponents, and you're trying to bury it in places so that you can leave your legacy. The action system here is unique to Euro board games. It is a rondelle system in which you're going to move your meeple around a wheel. A pizza pie, as I like to think of it, and different actions are going to be on the different spaces. 
Now there's a push-pull here. You can go slowly along the wheel and take actions and do the best you can. Or if there are actions you really, really want to take that are further along the wheel, you can sacrifice your crew. Your crew is normally going to give you buffs as you travel around the land, but you can also sacrifice those crew to get further along the action wheel and do what you really want to do. Many tiny epic games are broken into different mechanical experiences, and I find that the draw is one of those experiences. In Tiny Epic Pirates, I am drawn to the whole package and the way it weaves together those experiences. The seafaring, the ability to go anywhere on the map, you start off going slow, but as you increase your power by selling goods and defeating uh, the different ships, then you'll grow in power, you'll be able to open up that map and go wherever you want. That whole process is really excellently done. And I like the Rondell system. I am not a Euro player, people. This is not something that I normally enjoy, but for whatever reason, the push-pull between using the crew and the simplicity of the actions just unlocks a lot of fun here. Just on a purely experiential level, I often find myself puzzling my way through turns, and then once I figured out a way to use the Rondell, a place to put my ship and do my action, I feel so satisfied. I have so much fun playing this one. In addition, it is one of the tiny epics that I enjoy multiplayer and solo. I wouldn't say the solo bot here is simple. However, it works very similar to your own Rondell system. So if you understand what you're doing on your turn, then it's easy to understand what the bot wants to do and how it wants to get in your way. So for me, the sense of seafaring adventure as well as a total package of mechanisms come together make Tiny Epic Pirates my number one tiny epic game. That is 12 Tiny Epic Games ranked as I sit here uh, recording this here in 2022. I truly admire what Scott Alms, the designer, has achieved. He's a great dude and a very talented designer to be able to go into all these genres and give us very solid mechanical experiences each and every time. Almost. And also Gameland Games for their product development and distribution. From what I understand, we're going to get more Tiny Epic later in the year in 2022. So there's going to be more to look forward to from Gameland Games and also more to look forward to here on the One Stop Co-op Shop. This is Jason reminding you that we will see you at the next stop. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop, or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list.